could you give at Marks with Mike's podcast a shout out? Shout out! Hey, yo! Mr. Six Foot Nine, L. Cheech, and Dre the Juicy. You're listening to the Mars and Mike podcast. Let's start the show. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You already know what it is by the sound of my voice. It's your boy, Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT. Back in this piece once again, and of course, like we promised y'all at the top part of the show, we were going to have a special guest. But before I go ahead and get to that special guest, I got to check in with the crew. Got to check in with my boys. So, L. Cheese, what's going on, homie? The sun don't shine forever, but as long as we're here, we might as well shine together. What's going on, my fam? Man, just chilling, just chilling. And of course, we got to check in with. T- Ray the Juice Man, what's going on, homie? Why to add on, Chief? Business before pleasure. I am in the building. Shout out to the Juice Boxer. Big man, Chief, let's get it. Let's get it indeed. And of course, uh, before I get to this guest, I just got to go ahead and do this real quick. If you don't know who this guest is, of course, this person's been all over your TV screens. Whether you've been watching MLW or whether you have been watching independent wrestling tv on your favorite streaming app you already know who this person is he's been here inside the northeast he's been all over and of course he's been here in cleveland at aiw but if you don't know what i'm talking about ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about the base guy himself gringo loco what's going on on what's up man i appreciate you guys having me on it's my pleasure Oh, man, listen, the pleasure is all ours, man. I'm definitely glad to finally get you on the show. I, I don't know if you remember or not, but two years ago, I, I went to my first AIW show, and it was at j and that was the very first time I got to see you wrestle. I, I remember going up to the merch table, purchasing some of your merch, and ever since then, I said, man, I got to keep my eye on this guy, and I have had the chance to keep my eye on you. So I, I I just have to know, man, how are you doing during this uh this pandemic right now? Well, first of all, let me uh, go ahead and say thank you so much for purchasing anything that uh, I have for sale. It still shocks me to this day that there's fans out there that value and see my work, and they enjoy it so much that they want to buy any merch of mine. I'm telling you, it's still a shock to me, but it, it's happening more and more now. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, you know, during this pandemic, man, it's been some trying times for sure. Um, I've never been in my house more than ever. Uh, you know, what? I started working when I was like 14 and haven't stopped until the beginning of this uh, pandemic. It's been nonstop for all these years. But uh, honestly, it's been kind of a much needed break uh, in wrestling and in life to just kind of sit back and enjoy everything that, you know, I was able to provide and, you know, just really smell the roses for once, man. It's uh. It's a healing time for the bodies of all these wrestlers that were working through injuries and stuff. And uh, just a much-needed pause button, man. Um, so I'm taking it probably better mo- more than most, I would say. Yeah, man, most definitely. I mean, definitely hit that little reset bus button get some rest because your body has to, it just has to naturally adjust. But uh, speaking of uh, adjust, I have to know... Uh, what was it about this thing that we call wrestling, that culture? I, did, did it catch it at a young age? What was it? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Saturday mornings, uh, WWF superstars, the larger-than-life personas, the crowd reactions, the flashy outfits, uh, you know, the squash matches on those uh, WWF programming. I was just like, wow, these guys are just killing these jobbers, you know. I would love to do this one day in a ring, but I just had no idea how I was going to get there. But, uh, yeah, definitely at a young age, I would, you know, be glued to the TV and just try to find any way that I could. I remember when I first realized what a TV guide was back in those days, I would just skim through and just try to find anything wrestling-related until I got more acclimated to when the schedules were and stuff. 
But yeah, definitely at a young age, it was WWF for sure. So during, so during a young age, I mean, which wrestler in particular was like, man, this this guy right here is, is definitely my favorite. I mean, honestly, bro. Uh, so <laughs> you remember the black cable boxes that would scramble the uh, the pay per views? I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, I had one. I don't. <laughs> you don't I remember that? <laughs> oh, you do. Uh, so I had one of those, yeah. and I used to watch every pay-per-view scrambled, and I just remember being glued to the TV, uh, whenever Undertaker was on, man. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't remember anybody having such an impact on me as a kid more than him, and then later on it was Kane, but we can talk about that later. But yeah, like, I remember all his storylines with Diesel. WrestleMania 12 is really when I came into watching wrestling. Nothing before that, really. And then after that, 13 was in Chicago, where I'm from, and that's when he won the title. That was super impactful for me. And, um, you know, I remember him having a casket match with Gold Dust, and I was really, you know, just trying to look through the scramble to see what was going on. I mean, obviously, I didn't see much, but uh, definitely Undertaker starting out um, is what uh, drew me in as a fan. Now, was it was it weird? Like, you know, what was it something that you told people publicly, you know, in school about? Because I know, I know for me, like, uh, you know, honestly, every everybody knew like the the cat was out for bad. Like, you know, <laughs> elementary on, on the high school, they knew. Hey, look, he watched wrestling. That's his shit. And you know, of course, of course, there, there was always a group of people that watched it too. Now, was it something that you kept hidden, or you know, was it something that you know your friends knew about growing up? Yes. In so here, here's the thing on that. Um, I do vividly remember going into elementary school and knowing that I was watching wrestling. And then a uh, conversation was sparked up between a group of like the popular kids and they were talking about WWF Raw. I had no idea what they were talking about because I had just seen wrestling here and there on Saturdays. So I didn't have cable, man. I don't, I don't come from a wealthy upbringing or anything like that. So um, I went, I, you know, I went up to him and I asked him like, what are, you know, what are you talking about or whatever? So. Long story short, when we finally did get cable, like, that was the end of it. Like, I was Nitro and Raw. Nitro, Raw, Thunder, SmackDown, all that stuff later on. And uh, I got so into it, man, I started taping every single episode and just watching it back and just being completely immersed in professional wrestling. Yeah, man, I could I, I could definitely relate. So, in in school, uh, growing up, did, did you play did you play any sports or did you try to go for an amateur wrestling? Uh... What, what was it like for you in school? Yeah, so a, a little bit. I went to um, Lane Tech, and I was on the wrestling team for a year, but I realized that I was more of a showman than an actual uh, athlete competitor type. So um, my win-loss record wasn't great, but you know, I still got in there, and I still wrestled to the best of my ability. Um, but what was interesting was while I was doing that and the training and all that stuff that goes on with you know, the Greco-Roman style in high school wrestling. I was training at a gymnastic place um, on Wednesdays. I would go with me and a buddy of mine. We would just do all the moves that we saw on TV, you know, like the stunners, the rock bottoms and all that. And we would do that on the blue tumbling floor. You know, I'm sure you've seen that during gymnastic tournaments or whatever. And we would do, I mean, my, my week was just full of actual wrestling training. And uh, I was teaching, you know, supposedly um, teaching ourselves like what we saw wrestling on tv uh and that was once or twice a week and that's really where i got my start i was just imitating what i saw on television i mean yeah i think that i think we 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 all imitated uh i mean i i, I didn't too much go into training and it was more so like it was like a trigger switch like if i didn't feel like throwing hands i, I, I was just needing team like <laughs> straight up it's like you know i'm trying to i'm trying to conserve energy at this point you know i'm a big dude so we gotta we we, we gotta you know choose wisely how much energy we actually want to use doing a scuffle but yeah that was uh that, that was my my go-to move you know in, in a fight you know it's like you know what i'm gonna throw one punch and after that one punch i'm going jake the snake on the ass ddt <laughs> bam i love that my uh my go-to was either the tombstone, obviously on a, on a soft surface, or I would definitely rock bottom the hell out of somebody. Uh, then that would be anywhere, on the grass, on a bed, uh, anywhere. My, my go-to was the rock bottom, for sure. <clears throat> All that love for wrestling at a young age, um, how do you end up in, um, down, down south of the border? Orale, Simon. How do you end up in <laughs> Mexico? 
Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of a, a story. So I'm at this gymnastics place. We're doing whatever we think is cool on TV. And in walks an actual wrestler to start doing, like, you know, tumbling with the actual gymnastic class because we were in our own corner doing our own thing. And he sees us doing all this stuff. He's like, uh, hey, you guys are pretty good. Where do you guys work? And we're like, uh, you know, we work at Jimmy John's or Starbucks or whatever we were working at. We thought he, you know, meant uh, job-wise. And he was like, no, like, where do you work wrestling-wise? We were like, we've never been in a wrestling ring. So a couple of days later, he's like, uh, he invites us to this gym. And it ends up being a, uh, a Lucha Libre, you know, gym, gym-type place, uh, like in a warehouse somewhere. First time we ever got in the ring, you know, of course, we're enamored with the, the, the entire experience. From that point on, I never looked back. A buddy of mine fell off and he never uh, wrestled after that. But uh, I never looked back after, after that point. So me being uh, in a Lucha Libre gym, obviously, my influence from Lucha Libre style and, and the Mexican art uh, is what brought me eventually to Mexico City because I did. Wow. Yeah, I did. uh you know, I was working the talent that was here back in the day in Chicago, but the talent really wasn't up to par uh, in terms of, you know, how good they were or whatever. But I, I just set a goal, and I wanted to know where the best of this art was. Because I had no idea, man. I'm just like this poor kid from Chicago. And uh, everybody was like, Mexico City, like, that's where it was born. And then they showed me all these tapes and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't believe the intricacy of the of the moves and how fluid it all looked, and it was it was like magical. Um, so early on, I made a goal. I said, you know what, I'm going to Mexico City. I'm going to see like what happens when I go down there. So that's really how I ended up down there, uh, south of the border, Mexico City, Guadalajara, a lot of towns I uh, became familiar with. So how long how long were you down there in Mexico? Like uh, how many years in total was that? I would say four and a half, five, uh, on and off. The first uh, major trip without coming back was one. Then I ran out of money. Didn't know how to make money down there, obviously, because I'm just this kid. Came back, worked a bunch, made a bunch of money, went back down. And then that was the big one for two years without coming back to the States, which isn't exactly legal. So don't tell the Mexican government, but um, (laughs) (laughs) it really isn't. Um, I'm supposed to be gone in six months, but I ended up staying two years. Uh, you know, you can imagine all the struggles that come along with that, with getting an apartment and all that and stuff while training and making enough money to eat and all that. But, um, yeah, that was the big one. That was, that was probably one of the funnest times of my life, I would say. Um, and, um, who influenced you more, like I said, the, um, trainers down there in uh, Mexico? Like, <clears throat> what luchador did train you? So when we were getting really into it, it was Black Terry. I'm not sure if you are familiar with him, but he's like an, an old school guy from, uh, Arena, Mexico. And, um, I also trained with Ultimo Guerrero, like Virus. There's a lot of those guys that are just super good. I pretty much learned from the best while I was down there, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of teachers, man. Like there's this guy called Avizman down there. He's super good at just everything. And, uh, I tried to just grab knowledge from everybody that I could, you know, as like as fat, cause I didn't know when I was going to come back or have to come back. So I would go to like every training session, every interview, everything down there that I could and just immerse yourself in the business. That's, I mean, I thought that was the way that you were going to make it somehow, you know? So at first, um, when they, about the name, the gringo, when you heard gringo and they explained to you what kind of what it meant, how do you take it? Yeah, so that, that happened way before I even went uh, south of the border. It was um, it was given to me by the Escobedo brothers up here in Chicago. They were running that warehouse that I was telling you about. So I would be, finally, I was getting put on flyers and stuff. My original name was Time Page. Uh, don't ask me why. I don't have an explanation. I don't even know what it means, but it was spelled weird, and I thought <laughs> it was cool. So, uh, so it would be Time Page, and they themselves put Gringo Loco under it, and I'm just like, I, I know, I, I mean, I, I kind of have an idea what it means, I don't know the language, but they're probably just making, it's probably a rib, you know, uh, but then, this is like years later, I realized they gave me the name because my style and my look was so similar to Art Bar, but I didn't learn wow. that, I didn't, I didn't learn that until way later, and then I had an epiphany, while I was down there, I saw that match, you know, that famous match that him and Eddie were in uh, against uh, Santo and Octagon. And, like, 
I, that was the first time I had seen Art Bar work. I didn't know the guy or anything, and it was so similar. It was unbelievable. It was like a light bulb went off. Like I was almost going to leave the business at this point, and I saw that video. I was like, oh, man, I might need to continue this because the similarities are astounding. I, like, I, have to, I have to stick with the business, and uh, I did. I stayed down there for another year because it can get pretty rough in Mexico City, man. <laughs> Yeah. You, you even had the finisher so like i never seen it like that now that you say that it's like whoa and then of course he was one half of the well they had a faction but one half of um gringos locals right right absolutely so then i started making gear like him actually they started making the gear for me like him and i just started wearing it and then people Everybody in Mexico would be like, you know, are you related? You look so much like him, whatever. Your style is the same. And I, you know, I'm not, so I wouldn't lie. But, uh, yeah, I kind of ran with that for my, uh, my time down in Mexico City for sure. It was enjoyable, man. Like, if you're related to our bar and he was the hottest seal back then, I just rode that wave as long as I could and got all that heat, you know? Wow. That's, that's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. It's always interesting learning just new new things and new, new facts about you. So, you know, of course, being there in Mexico, man. So, were you were you able to, to pick up on the on the Spanish language? Of course. I mean, did it did, did it take you long to pick up on it? And uh, while you were down there, favorite dish? Uh, I mean, it it wasn't an easy road, but I can uh, sit here and talk to you guys and proudly say that I'm gonna I'm a hundred percent fluent in Spanish now. Without a gringo accent, and uh, I'm very proud of that. Um, it took it took a lot of locker rooms and a lot of like being laughed at, I'm sure, in the first couple of years to finally get what they were saying. Uh, but then you get to the end of this rainbow and you find out exactly what they're saying. And they were just saying like a bunch of nonsense. But I, I wanted to learn, and I did. So uh, favorite dish? Hmm. I mean, they got some fire enchiladas down there, bro, for sure. Barbacoa, like tacos. You could do I could do that all day. I, a lot of the street vendors, man, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough that nobody would ever like think to go to. But if you know the right people, they'll take you to these little stands in the street. And it's like the best taco you've ever had, bro. Like, but it is really all about who you, who you know. Um, and thankfully, I knew the right people. So yeah, I can man, I can definitely test when you say those street tacos. Now I have not been to Mexico yet. That is on my bucket list to go there. But growing growing up in Florida. Street tacos were just it, man. I mean, you could you could be in any city, any town, you would at least see two two to three street tacos uh, stands inside inside uh, a plaza. You know, it could be a it could be a Winn Dixie inside that plaza, a Publix, a Ross, and there goes the taco stand. It's like, but uh, but yeah, man, definitely, man. Like growing up eating the, eating the food and the cow tongue, I definitely enjoy that. Yeah, it's like my Taco, tacos de lengua, yeah, those are really popular. Not really my cup of tea, man, but hey, more power to you guys. Like, <laughs> man, look that that tastes like steak and chicken. I don't care what nobody <laughs> saying. I love it. I <laughs> love it. Uh, so, of course, you get you get to training down down there in Mexico, and you're you're there a total of uh, four four to five years. You're you're learning. Of course, you're you're learning down there uh, your move sets and you're you're learning from legends like uh, Black Terry. Now, once you get back up to the states, uh, because you had you, you had a little bit of doubt about leaving the business. So, once you got back up to the states, what 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 made you snap out of it and say, you know what, I'm going to keep running with this? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I didn't snap out of it. I did that last year. Uh, in Mexico City, I came back and I was done. I actually took a year and a half, two years off. Uh, I just felt like I had put really, you know, with all my heart, I had put everything into this business and it wasn't really returning the way I wanted it to. I had a little bit of exposure, but I felt it could have been more. I could have been on AAA TV. I didn't get the opportunity. I could have gotten, you know, an opportunity at CMLL more so than I did. I trained a lot with them, but I never really got an opportunity. So I came back and, um, and I was done for a year and a half, two years. And then, uh, lo and behold, I, uh, I had a Lucha Libre company here that I had worked for throughout the years called Galley. And they would do like these fun taco fests and it would just be like these lit crowds who were drunk off of margaritas and eating tacos in the street all day. 
and they would gather around the ring, and it was like a really fun experience. So I would do those once a year, and throughout the year they would have a beer fest too, which was in uh, Sears Center actually, where uh, AEW ran uh, All In and All Out. It was in that arena, so we would wrestle there too during beer fest, and it, it, you know these were fun experiences. So I would just do a couple shows per year, just to you know have fun, and then uh, I was doing another street fest, and then I I, I met a guy named uh, obviously everybody knows him now is. Uh, Joaquin uh, Wild, DJZ. It was just at this rant. I had never met him before. We never crossed paths. Like we were in Mexico City at the same time sometimes. But um, I meet him and we work a match. Just I'm literally in front of like 30 people at this this street fest. And uh, he was really the spark that made me realize how much I loved the business again because he was a really talented dude. And I wasn't working talent really as much, not to bury anyone, but. I would go to these shows just to have fun and work these random people, and it was just to get out of my system. But now I work, you know, DJ Z, and I'd forgotten that I like wrestling so much, but it has to be with the right people, you know? So it was really the spark uh, that got me back into wrestling, back into training. Everything up until this point now is because of that moment at that street fest. And I tell him that, I tell him, you know, I'm so thankful for that, that day, because without that, I definitely wouldn't be wrestling anymore. MLW wouldn't happen, all this game changer stuff wouldn't happen, you know, all these, you know, flights everywhere and stuff. It's pretty cool to think that just because of that simple day that he just happened to show up at, because he didn't have, he didn't have anything to do on a Saturday, um, sparked the return of, you know, all the base god stuff and all this, you know, awesomeness. So yeah, it was, the return was because of DJZ. For sure, man, for sure. I mean, DJZ definitely, um, Got to see him also wrestle here in in AIW and uh just just phenomenal talent and you you getting a chance to to share the ring and one thing one thing that, that you did say is uh you know wrestling can be fun it just has to be you know with, with, with the right person I mean but that that also goes back to say you know your your match is only as good as your as your partner that you're dancing with during that match. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no better statement that could be spoken, bro, because it can be a very disappointing experience in professional wrestling if it's not with the right people, and it's not worth even coming out of your house sometimes, but it could be magical, too. I mean, going back to DJZ, like, he, you know, the street fest happens, whatever, you know, we become friends. He was really the, was the key into uh, AIW, and then AIW led to everything else. I mean, AIW holds such a spe- special place in my heart. You know, shout out to John Thorne and all the crew there. I love every single one of y'all. Um, without John Thorne's opportunity, yeah, the brand, dude. I love John Thorne so much, and Z for getting me the, get me in there, and just the fans of Cleveland, like, just such a special place in my heart. They know, they know how I feel about them. Like, without that opportunity, none of this other cool stuff would have happened. You know. Oh man. Number um. AIW, um, I remember, I think it was, uh, a few years ago in New Orleans, you was down there with the, um, with the AIW crew and just incredible and stuff. I remember yeah. taking a picture with you guys. Yeah, um, I remember that picture, dude. I love just incredible, bro. Yeah, no, I remember because, like, you know, like, he was just uh, in his element, you know what I mean? But that, 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 that WrestleMania weekend was pretty awesome. And I remember even running to you in, at WrestleMania, too. But, um... Bourbon about, Street is yeah. such a chaotic mess, isn't it, man? Especially during WrestleMania. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, I wish it was right there every year. I wouldn't mind every year. That is just something else. But talking about the brand, AIW, you know, that's how I got introduced, you know, to El Gringo Loco. You know, especially, you know, at first at Mount Carmel. And it was yeah. like, you know, it was part of the, you know, the squad, like you pretty much in every other show, like you said, like you, did you see the chemistry was, you know, comparable. So it was like, damn, this guy, and then you, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you ain't big tall, but you know what I mean? You, you got some big on your, you know what I mean? Some meat on your bones. So it's like right. to make all the moves, especially like you said, like the finisher, you know, the, the, the frog splash, you know, is like you could move. I'm like, oh yeah. shit, you know what <laughs> I mean? And of course, 
me without without even knowing, no, you know, just even Gringo Loco, the first thing to came to mind was our bar and, and Eddie Guerrero, because you know when they were in um, you know, running shotgun over there in um in Mexico, you know, what yeah. I mean, one of the biggest heel factions ever to this day. You know what I mean? You talk about it and then, you know what I mean? You saying all this shit like, man, it was there all along, you know what I mean? And yeah. I couldn't just see it, you know? But, um, that, you know, did a lot of AIW shows. Like, you know, shout out to John. Hopefully, you know, everything gets better because, you know, it, it sucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what about MLW? How that come about? Uh, MLW, so I've been knocking on Conan's door for, like, more than a decade, and he started opening up the door and answering a little bit more and more. Um, I worked a couple shots with him. Uh, you remember the thing, uh, it was called Arrow Lucha, where Mysterio was a part of it. Uh, so he gave me an opportunity to, uh, work for them and work specifically for him. Uh, and it was really good booking. It was like against guys that could really move and really knew what they were doing. And he, he liked my work, but then Arrow Lucha goes under, uh, because I, I would assume, I don't know why it went under. It went under, it doesn't matter. But, uh, so then I'm like, I'm just out here. Now I have, I have Cleveland and I have Lucha in Chicago, which is fine, but it just wasn't enough work, you know? So, um, I get a call. I'm in Vegas celebrating, um, a a friend's birthday. This is Wednesday. We went out there midweek. So this is like the third day of like partying. And I get a phone call saying, you know, can you be a part of MLW in Chicago tomorrow? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's sold out. It's going to be a big show. Can you make it? And I'm just like, yeah, like I'll hop on a flight if you want. Uh, and I'll make your show. So at that point, um, I walk in the door and I didn't know Conan was a part of it. And he shakes my hand. He's like, you're going to kill it tonight. And, uh, I got, you know, I have faith in you or whatever. So I walk in after, you know, three days of partying in Vegas and uh, I see on the board that it's me and Marco stunt. And I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome because Marco is really good and I can do everything with him and I'm just going to shine him up and make him look great. And he's going over. So this is, this is easy for me. So basically I just, I do what I've done my entire career. Wasn't nervous, more excited than anything. I know everything's going to pop off because he's so good. And, uh, they signed me that night. Like, they were like, look, man, we got a double shot in Miami. We'll have the contract ready for you there. You know, if you're ready to sign, we'll do this, that, the other. And I'm just like, man, this is, this is great. Like, how does something like this happen? And I think it just happens because when somebody puts in the work that's needed, things happen for a reason that it just happened, uh, when the time is right, you know, because I had put in so much work and training and just, making every show, you know, just giving it my all, and then all of a sudden I'm just signed to a wrestling company. So I just think it's all due to the hard work that was put in before that, you know? Yeah, that was awesome. I was pretty happy for you when, you know, when that announcement was made, you know what I mean? Like, MOW low-key, you know, they were having some momentum, you know what I mean? And they were smart also, the fact they got a TV um, deal, you know, they record, you know, they taped the, the, some shows in ahead of time. So they were kind of sitting lovely, you know, during this time. Yeah. The production is, is, is on point, man. You know, their show on YouTube is great. Uh, you know, the transitions from each match and the promos and stuff. I think it's really well done. Very well put together with, with MLW. I mean, I think it, I think it was Cheech. Cheech was the one who, uh, who actually, uh, re, reintroduced me to, to MLW. Cause I, I remember MLW, well, when it first started back up, and I think it was like almost a decade ago or, yeah, almost a decade ago when, when they first started up and, um, their, their, their promotion was coming on at three o'clock in the morning either, all, it all depended on, of course, uh, which, what station you had, but for me, it, it was the Sunshine Network back back home in Florida, and I I would catch their show, and I remember uh, some of the first people that I seen in MLW was uh, Steve Carino. Uh, I got the chance to see, I believe, um, trying to remember, I think Dusty was a part, uh, Jack Victory, um, trying to remember some other faces, Jerry Lynn, um, Sabu. La Park, so definitely a lot of 
the, the, a lot of leans there. Um, but speaking of knocking on doors, so Conan answers that door, um, and of course, being there at the show, you're totally blown away. So my my next question, or you know what? That's not even my question to ask. I think Juice Man got a question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me some of your favorite opponents you have faced, you know, throughout the years. You know, some of your, like, best matches. Like, that's like oh, I love working with them. Like, my, my best opponents I had excellent matches with. Oh, man. And a lot of them, you know, went down in AIW. That's why I'm so thankful for the booking that went down there, man. Like, just super, super slick matches, man. One of my, probably my all-time favorite match happened in Cleveland. It was, uh, we opened the show. I don't know if you remember. It was, uh, one of the, it's the biggest show of the, the year, Absolution. And, um, Matt Cross. Yeah, been the one. Uh, yeah, he filled, he filled in for a buddy of mine that couldn't make it from Chicago. And he, he had to go to, uh, Gathering of the Juggalos later on. So we got moved from like semi-main to first, which is for me a blessing because they're the hottest during the first match. And this is going to be out of, you know, we had all these ideas planned and, uh, favorite match of my career, I would say, because everything popped off. The crowd was unbelievably receptive to everything that we were doing and, um, and nobody got hurt. So, um, in terms of favorite, people to work, two of them were in that match for sure. I mean, it was Laredo Kid and DJZ because they're just two of the most solid people in and out of the ring. They're both super creative. And uh, every time I see them, I just get a, a smile on my face because I know it's going to be good. Um, and then throughout the years, I mean, I've worked with, you know, so many different talents here and there, but, like, number one would be Laredo Kid for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Laredo Kid is very, very, very interesting. I mean, got to see him on a couple of platforms, uh, Impact Wrestling, and got to see him on a little bit of, uh, AEW for an episode. I don't even think that was a, was it an episode or was it like Fighter Fest or something like that? One of their prelim pay-per-views before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was on one of the big ones with, uh, Omega. Yeah, yeah. And the Lucha Brothers, yeah, that was a really good spot for him. I'm surprised he, he wasn't signed right after that, but hey, never say never. Never say never, but until then, their loss in, in MLW's game. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with, with that views, I mean, you, you definitely had some great, great opponents uh, over the years. Um, who's, who's an opponent that that's on your bucket list to work with? Yeah, so here's the thing, man. Like last year, um, all those bucket lists got, uh, they got checked off. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like I wrestled both of my idols that, uh, when I was growing up in one year, uh, it was Volador Jr. from CMLL one on one. Like, how does that even happen? And, um, and Caristico, the, the former, uh, Sincar in WWE, I used to, you know, when I was living in Mexico, like anytime these, both of those guys were, were on the program, like, I would just have to be in the arena because I was so fascinated by their work. And then, like, I'm in Chicago, and all of a sudden, like I said, I, th I think it, it's all chalked up to the work being put in. Like, stuff just happens for the right person at the right time. Like, these, both of them came to Chicago to work me. And, uh, and, and they were really phenomenal matches. I mean, Phoenix happened as well, one-on-one uh, -on -one this year, or last year. Caristico and Bolero Jr. So, like, as of right now, I've sat and thought about it. I, I don't know if I don't, if I have more bucket list matches like those those were the three that I would have wanted and I have I would have to sit down and think about that right now. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. You know, having uh having having everything checked off. I mean, definitely unexpected. I'm I'm still still trying to check off my damn list of groceries that I got to pick up tomorrow. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. But. Definitely wanted to ask you, uh, some, some warm up questions, but before, before we get to the warm up questions to the trivia, um, gotta know a couple other things. So I'm going to ask you a question and I don't know. Listeners may hate it. They may like it. You may like it, may hate it. Don't know. We going to find out. So you got to choose between two wrestlers right now. And you know, your decision is your decision. There's no judgment. I can't judge your decision because we probably have totally different answers. So here it is. Two wrestlers 
one got to stay, one got to go. You may get some heat, may not. Uh, but the two wrestlers. So first wrestler is Rey Mysterio. Second wrestler is Hoobintu. Oh, how are you going to do this to me? I'm a personal friend of Hoobie, man. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't get rid of Ray. Ray is, it's got to be, what, top five of all time? Ray's got to be top five of all time. Hoobie is fantastic in the ring. He's unbelievable. The juice is loose. Love him with all my heart. But if one's got to go, it's got to be Hoobie. And I love you, Hoobie. Hopefully, you love me back after this. But got to go with Ray on that one, man. He's He's done it all. Ray's done it all, as has Hoobie, but Ray's just been at the top level for, what, 30 years? And he's and he's still innovating. Like, how is that even possible? He still makes people jump out of their seat, us as workers, and say, wow, never thought of that. You know? Sorry, Hoobie. Yeah. Ray's got to stay. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. No hard feelings. It's just a game. Uh, he didn't mean it from the heart, and we didn't mean it either, but we'd love to have you on to talk about it if there's an issue. Uh, <laughs> So, so the next, the next question, uh, this is going to be another, you know, choose one or what have you. And this is going to be tag team. So out of these tag teams, choose one. One got to stay. One got to go. Your decision, not mine. Here we go. Um, the Dudley boys or, or Harlem Heat. <laughs> Oh man, as much as I love Stevie Ray and his promos and the work, man, that nobody tops the 3D, bro. That move was so innovative when I was growing up. I couldn't wait to see it when they would call for it. I would get out of my seat in my room and act like I was Bubba Ray and like stunning my, you know, you know, like cuttering my pillow and stuff. I've been a fan of Dudley since the beginning. Um, love Booker T. Booker T's amazing. He's a Hall of Famer. So, uh, Harlem Heat's got to go. Dudley boys are going to stay for me. All right. All right. Ooh. That was a tough one, huh? That was a tough one. Yeah. That's a, tough. a super tough one. Wow, man. You ain't have to hit him with that one, big man. Hey, you know that's what I do. I'm going to ask a question that may hurt, may not hurt, all depending on how you take it. Um, so, um, before, before we get to the trivia, um, I'm going to ask you this question. What's on your quarantine playlist right now? Like top top three or top five top five uh songs on your playlist. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm into like a very particular type of music. It's called dubstep man, so it would be all either dubstep or dubstep related. Um Excision would be up there. Uh he's a DJ for dubstep. I mean uh and a lot just a lot of different ones like Jaws. Uh, I'm pretty much like into the EDM scene. I mean, I like hip hop and all that, but I have, I've, I've fallen off. I haven't really been keeping up, uh, during quarantine, but, um, different DJs in the, in the EDM scene. I mean, you know, snails and stuff like that. It's, it's very different type of music, I understand, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a dubstep head for sure. So it's just like a lot of bassy music, you know what I mean? With a lot of, a lot of vibration in my car, in my house. <laughs> Bass God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> so, so we definitely, so we definitely, you know, got a chance to choose between two singles and tag teams. We found out that, of course, on your playlist, uh, you bumping, you bumping a lot of dubstep. All right. A lot of bass for the trunk, a lot of rattling. Definitely understand that. I mean, me, myself, I like a lot of bass in my songs too, like mine. My dog's journey has to shape when I'm riding, but it has to be from the music and not my not my alignment on my bad breaks that I just spent eight hundred dollars on fixing and I'm still crying about it. But Hey, they're uh, getting us all out here, man. They you know, cars are made to fail, so it's not our fault, it's the cars. I know, man. It's bad. It's it's yeah. real you, you know what? Here's here's a real question. And this may be off wrestling related and you know whatever. Listen, here's my question. How come we cannot switch out our feet like we switch out tires? I mean, that's one thing that that's that's one thing that I wanna know. I mean, I, honestly, like if we can do that, you know how much less pain our feet would be in. Like, I mean, if the if the tread on the tires going low, 
and the tread on your foot is going low, I would rather, I don't know, me personally, let's switch out the feet first. I can, I, I can deal with the tires because I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my feet more than I'm driving. Right, right. Hey, that might be a new industry to, uh, to become an adventure on, man. You could just swap out the feet, feet transplants, bro. Look into it. You know what? Feet transplants sound good, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to switch out my feet, bro. So, you know, one size fits most, I guess. I don't know. Uh, all right. All right. Let's get to, let's get to this trivia, bro. Uh, so these three questions are pop, pop coach related. Uh, has zero to do with wrestling. So, um, at this moment, just take off, take off your wrestling cap and let's go into just, you know, Let's go into just uh, open-mindedness about this. So the way this works, of course, is three questions. For each question that you do get right, uh, we will be sending out a piece of your merchandise out to random listeners. So they already know what to do. only thing they have to do is leave a voice message at the end of this episode. And um, we'll go ahead and send that out to them. Leave the voice message and send us, of course, a DM letting us know that you did it. And we'll go ahead and respond back to you, get the information, send out your shirt, and we'll go from there. So, first question, I'll try to make it real easy for you. I always try to start off easy, then towards the second and third question, it get harder. So, first question is, oh, this is a good one. All right, cool. So, I'm nervous, man. I got to tell you, I'm nervous, bro, right now. <laughs> well, but you know what? See, that, that's cool. See, the good thing is you get multiple choice. So, you you know, so it's multiple choice. So you got, you got about a one third and fifth chance. And if you add my, my weight to the, to this uh, episode and you divide it by six, it really gives you a 25 (laughs) and a 17 for percent chance. That's a little bit of standard math for you people that didn't get it. Uh, All right. But here we go. So first question, multiple choice. Let's go. All right. So this rapper. Turned actor, um, starred in movies such as Hitch, such as such as Wild Wild West, <laughs> and such as so such oh as, Lord, such as Wild Wild West, and such as. Independence Day. Is it A. Ja Rule B. <laughs> Will Smith or C. Is it Ludacris? Ooh, such a hard question. I'm gonna have to go with B, my man. <laughs> hey, yeah. All right. Of course, it's Will Smith. Um, <laughs> I was kind of scared to ask that question because last time I mentioned Wild Wild West. Drake cussed me out. <laughs> you already know I did. Mm-mm-mm. Second question is real easy. Um, this '90s TV show actually took pay- actually took place in Chicago. Um, it revolved around Chicago. One one of these stars actually of this TV show went on to play in a lot of movies such as Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Batman, and of course, we, uh, we can also mention his others, uh, films, but we're just gonna go with those two. So, is that show, um, Days of Our Lives, is it B, E, R, or is it C, The Resident? I think we gotta go with B again, man. Okay, we're going with E, R, and that is correct. George Clooney hey. was that guy. Uh, the ER was set in set in Chicago. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, I probably would have got that wrong if they asked me that question. <laughs> it's in Chicago. <laughs> okay. Family Matters was in Chicago. Yeah, that was too. And so, so was Perfect Strangers. Perfect. Damn, that was in Chicago too, huh? You know, you know. Did what? you ever know it was a it was a spinoff? It was a spinoff. Family Matters was a spinoff from Perfect Strangers. Damn sure was. Look it up. 
Shameless, you had to change. Oh, yeah, Shameless, too, yep. Shameless is uh, set in Chicago. Uh, you know what else is set in Chicago? Chicago PD. <laughs> That's right. You know what, JT? You, you, you something else, man. All right, man. Okay, so third third question, and this is going to be, be the hard one here. So here we are. I mean, pretty much. Pretty much laid up those two questions, so let's go to this last and final question. And um, you said that you listen to a little bit of hip hop, but not so much. But I'm pretty sure you got some knowledge on some early '90s or 2000 hip hop, early 2000s. So I'm gonna go with this question here. This female rapper came out with a massive hit with her with her mentor. Uh, she was uh, also later also featured in a couple movies such as Sister Act 2, and she was also featured in a couple episodes of Martin. Um, the smash hit that she came out with, I believe, came out in 1992, if I'm not mistaken, and she has the most gorgeous green eyes I've ever seen in my life. Was that female rapper Lady of Rage? A. Was that female rapper Trina? B. Or was that female rapper Yo Yo? C. Sister Act 2? Sister Act 2, and she was also in a couple episodes of Martin. That's a good one. I, you know what? It's so, I'm gonna mention this real quick. One of the movies that I've watched over and over again, like I said, because we didn't have cable, um, was Sister Act One, over and over. Like I could do that verbatim, the whole script was Sister Act Two. It's a great movie. Lauren Hill. Right. What were the other options again? Yeah. So those options were a. Um, I believe A, it was, did I say Lauren Hill for A? No. <laughs> no. I, I don't think you did. No, I didn't. But she's, I mean, she's definitely not on, on the board. Uh, but it was Lady of Rage, A, B, Trina, or C, Yo-Yo. Hmm. Uh, Trina, man. Trina? Is it Trina? Probably not. I have no idea. Definitely not it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was not Trina. It was Yo Yo, as in you can't play with my Yo Yo. Uh, as in where uh, he, he Lolo uh, and Shanae on Martin, and yes, she was in Sister Act. Uh, she was actually one of the students. Oh, uh, and what part? She didn't have a major role. It must have been I'm quick. Oh, yeah, it must have been real. It was quick. I could pull. Was up. She, I could pull it up. <laughs> was she at the end singing um um the song with him at the end? Yeah, but they didn't focus on like her face wasn't major on on the camera. Like she, her face was only major on the camera twice. No, yeah, that was a hard one. That. Yeah, that was a hard one. I mean, well, that's that's the purpose. I mean, the first two were layups. I mean, I'm not going to just hand it, hand it, you know, <laughs> wrap it till you give it to you. Now you, right. know, you got to work for it. <laughs> No, but uh, but no, but yeah, uh, Yo Yo, Yo Yo starred. Uh, she, well, I don't want to say star, but she was inside the movie. So Sarah and inside the movie, um, I mean, and inside the TV show Martin as well. Okay. Hey, shout out Whoopi Goldberg though, man! What a great actress. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Yeah. She needs. She needs to do some more work, like. I I mean I I would love to see see a sister act three. Man, me one. too. Me too. Who would who would be in it? Should be oldest Magoo dirt. Doesn't matter, man. It's just the fact that you're seeing the sisters, brother. You, well, first of all, let me tell you, probably about out of all the nuns, probably two of them are still alive. I was about to say the old nun that played the heel is definitely not around. Probably at this point, sure isn't. Yeah. yeah, you're right, man. I look and, bad. And, I and I don't think the father from Sister X, who, who was also in Blossom, that I might add, he's not around either. Hologram, son. 
Holograms. Yeah, this is not this is not a Tupac concert, Cheech. They did it for Star Wars. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure uh, Disney was. That's true. Them. They did. They did. And they did this. Did it for um, Fast. Which one was it? Six or five? Which one was it? Six. Nah, it was definitely seven or eight. Uh, it was well, seven when you passed. It was seven. I think it was seven. I don't know. I think the ending of seven, the cars go their separate ways at the end, right? So yeah. it is seven there. Yeah, fast seven. Yeah. See? Yeah. Well, he said, he said, you will always be my brother. Yeah. They just they drive off. Yeah, that was that was a rough one, man. That was rough. That was super it's rough. Been one. a long day without you, my friend. You got me about to cry and choke up over here, man. Uh, but. Definitely want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Hey, we we always like to have fun, and it was definitely a lot of fun just kicking it back with you, learning more about you, and uh, get, getting a chance to play a little bit of trivia with you. This is what I'm going to do since I fucked up. Question number three. I got to give it to you by default. Oh, so, nice. So three <laughs> for three. That. Three for three at the free throw line. That means uh, when this episode does drop, Three random listeners actually get the chance to win some Gringo Local merchandise sent to them courtesy of Marshall Mike's on us. So, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Only thing you have to do is leave a voice message. Make sure you hit us up in a DM, whether that be on Twitter or on Instagram. Or if you want to hit us up on Facebook, I'm really, you know, just getting the Facebook page up together. Uh, hit me up on my MySpace. Nah, I'm just bullshitting. But either way, <laughs> send us a DM. Send us a DM and just let us know that you left the voice message and you'll get uh, some Gringo Loco merchandise. But before we get out of here, man, we definitely got to let the listeners know. Uh, let them know where can they follow, follow you on social media at. Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, it was uh, a lot of fun hanging out with you guys for about an hour. Uh, appreciate the support. Uh, where am I at on Instagram? Instagram is uh, I underscore am underscore base god. I am base god. And then the Twitter is Gringo Loco OG. And if you want to do the Facebook thing, it's Charlie Santo. Uh, you'll see a picture of Gringo Loco there. That's me. But yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on. That was fun. Oh, man, most definitely, man, most definitely. And before we get out of here, man, look, we got to remind the people once again to wash your hands and wash your ass. And as Cheeks always says, with soap. (laughs) (laughs) With soap. But as Cheeks always says, face to ass, not (laughs) face. Again, 2020 on the map. Raw one cut in my hourglass. Don't watch it spill to the bottom half. You see the piece now running fast on the tarmac. Get a starter jack. C4 when I run it back like a track star on a fucking lap. Nah, like when it's still cash. Clean look, poor pugilist. A shooter's view is a pruder flick. Too rude for you rudiments. Who convinced you you can move against the crew in this? Coming up through the fence. Offshore on a port of prince. Overture left his fingerprints on the hearts of the gate in the world. Threatening, but the breath of me is weaponry for you, it's just money. money.